Are you listening to the award-winning CBJRadio.com yet? 28 different shows, over 55 hours of new programming each week. Shows range from rock shows to hip-hop shows to theme shows to all independent artist shows to a hair rock show and a Friday night request show. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello friends, how are you doing? I'm not a big fan of going to work in the dark or coming home in the dark, so I look forward to the time change in a few weeks. I know people don't love changing their clocks and post about it on social media, but I really don't mind. I like the daylight being around during my work hours. I used to be a night owl and love the nighttime and can feel my energy level go up when it got dark, but as I got older, my sleeping schedule changed and I don't feel that energy of the night like I used to. Now, do you feel the same way as me or do you really, really hate that time change? Today's guest is Reese Genegas, and we didn't talk about the time change on this episode, but we did cover a lot of ground in our conversation from him growing up in Gillette, Wyoming, to eventually living in Colorado nowadays, and all that twists and turns that come along the way. I'm not going to spoil this episode anymore. Let's get to the interview. I was born and raised in Gillette, Wyoming. Gillette, Wyoming. Uh, for all you listeners out there, that's in the very northeast part of Wyoming. Uh, it's big old coal town there. It is the most conservative county in the United States. Oh, wow. Back, back when Wyoming last went for a Democrat, Campbell County still went for the Republican contender. That sounds about right. Um, are your parents native Gillettians or how did they get to Gillette? They came from South Dakota and Wyoming. So, I mean, like, you know, different parts. Definitely not Gillette, though. Like, yeah. Center State, Wyoming, more towards, I guess, you know, like Rapid City on the South Dakota side. Did, did they meet in Gillette or are they a job or something took them there? Or? I think they did meet in Gillette. I feel like that is where they met. Because yeah. I think they had both lived there for a while, like in their kind of separate lives, I guess, essentially. Yeah. So I think that's where they kind of found each other. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the story? Did they meet at a bar, church? Uh, I think uh, they actually, like, grocery store. <laughs> I feel like they, uh, they uh, both met met through uh, AA. They're oh. so they're sober folks. So Good. I think they met in the program, and that's how that all got started. Yeah, that's my understanding, anyways. Hey, helpful support leads to love. There. Yeah, and, my uh, my mom's times being sober is like almost exactly my age. So I'm like, okay, I'm imagining she found out she was pregnant with me and stopped. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, and then just stopped entirely work sometimes to do that you know 
right. and if you don't miss it then why why go back right for sure issues with it especially if you land up in AA, you clearly think it's got a control on you so right uh, that's good I mean, good for her good for your parents and uh so are you the only child do you have siblings no i've got a brother and a half sister oh yeah hey, what are the ages uh half sister is much older that she's kind of out of the picture like, okay that, that whole relationship devolved at some juncture gotcha. um, but uh my brother is seven years older than me seven see i my older sister is six years older than me so you and i know pretty close where where we understand um we spoke about this prior to the interview yeah i growing up in oregon my older sister was great at athletics, great at, at, at um, academics. academics. Yep. And uh, so I had every teacher she had and coaches as well. And I remember going into classes going, you're Rochelle's little brother. It wasn't your Justin. She's Rochelle's little brother. Or Rochelle did it this way, which <laughs> my sister is really smart and all that. And then coaching, she had a track coach. Uh, that called her rude and uh. yeah I was next up in football and he's like you're rude's little brother and then I became rude but yet moved to Wyoming did not take rude with me did not it was just like a year maybe two years that nickname but got to Wyoming about my sophomore year flask rude is so hard to say for people they just started calling me rude and it stuck and it grew organically. And so I, she's always like, I was the first rude. And I'm like, well, I made it famous. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm and then I got 2. to, 0. yeah, I got to Wyoming and there was no shadow of hers, but she definitely like influenced me in like music, right. and movies and all that stuff. Dude, was your brother a big influence like that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like as soon as you said, like, you know, you were talking about like being in school and stuff like yeah. that. Like I remember going to school and then being like, they're like, by the way, Genegus. You're like, Genegus? Donnie's brother? You know, and I'm like, oh, uh, shit. But they would look and they would be like, yeah, your fucking brother. Because he, he was a real hellraiser. So I know that, like, he, he carried quite a reputation through my junior high school and my high school. So I, I know that there are a lot of people who saw me and automatically were suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I was quite the opposite it was they saw me and thought you're just as smart as your sister and i was like i'll prove you wrong <laughs> this is when like this is this is like the negative stereotyping right you know? yeah it is <laughs> they take and, you into a nuclear like setting and you have to try to deactivate a meltdown and you're like yeah. i don't know how to do this and they're like we thought you were smart like <laughs> right rochelle is yeah rochelle is uh i mean i i cut <laughs> Not to say I hadn't, wasn't smart in my own ways, but I just I didn't live up to the to the shadow she cast as far as academics and stuff. And I'm left-handed, and so I didn't know anybody that was left-handed growing up besides myself. Teachers tried to force me, not force, but they wanted me to be right. My mom said no. So I had to mirror everybody, and so that, like, slowed me down in writing and, and learning how to spell and stuff like that. And so, like, yeah, I could hold my own probably with my sister and other stuff, but not writing and spelling and everything. Cursive, like man. It was that bullshit. Cursive, they, that was nonsense. They, they, dude, they strapped my shoes together when I was a kid, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Making me switch to my right hand. 
No, wow. my father is left hand. He's a lefty, so I totally yeah. understand. He tells me stories about like you get hit with like a ruler or whatever. They'd be like, "Don't use your left hand, demon child." Yeah. Uh, in sports, luckily, I could when I'd watch myself play. In football, is the only one left-handed stance. Right-handed just never felt right. Yeah. Try to line up and bat never felt right. Now I can do those kind of things, but after you mirror somebody for so long, you're like, okay, let me see what it looks like doing the way you do. And I'm like, oh, it just feels weird. Mm -hmm. And my mom's like, no, you cannot change it. You'll stun his creativity. And I'm glad she did. I eventually got to know more left-handed people. I got the left-handed notebooks. There was a lot of stuff (laughs) came out there. More left-handed people die in head-on collisions than right because if you fall asleep at the wheel, my left hand's going to jerk in instead of jerk out. Yeah. So I was like, that is an interesting fact. I'd never considered yeah. it, but that absolutely makes sense. I read that somewhere. And then I was like, that is so true. How I drive, like my strong hands, my left. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, interesting left-handed, uh, antidote there. For sure. had and, no, I had no idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to tell your dad that one. I will. I'm sure yeah. he'll, I'm sure he'll dig that. Yeah. Um, so growing up as a kid in, in Gillette, Wyoming, like what kind of activities were you into? Did you play sports? Were you a big reader? Yeah, I did. I did sports. Like it, it's, it's funny. Like there's a picture of me back home where I'm like, it's like, you know, the juniors stuff. Like it was like yeah. junior soccer and I don't remember it, but every time I look at it, I'm like, that has to be me. Cause that can't be my brother. Yeah. You know, like, like that blows my mind. Cause I really don't have like any memory of playing soccer as a kid. Um, I remember playing football for sure. Yeah. Like, and I played football partially up, you know, through school, but yeah, I stopped. I think it was probably in junior high that I stopped. Cause I was like, it was like summertime and they were like, bullshit, get your ass up at fucking 4:30 AM and drag your ass down to the school, which I know you were so excited to get the fuck away from and yeah. then sweat your balls off for a few hours, lifting a bunch of pieces of fucking heavy iron. I yeah. just was like, no, my summers are more than that to me. Like, I'm going to go have late ass nights and, you know, sleep in all day and stuff, you know, like, I know I'm not going to be able to do this forever because I'm eventually going to fucking job. So I was like, I'm going to yeah. enjoy this point of my summer. And I remember, I think it was at some point we came in for like a meeting and got accosted because people were like, like the coach was like, why haven't you been in the fucking weight room? And I just was like, all right, I'm out. Like, this is it. <laughs> We're done here. Like, I don't need to do this anymore. This is stupid. So, you know, and that, you know, it, it, it never endeared me to the coaches. And, you know, it certainly didn't make me a stronger player. I understand, you know, that a lot of people, you're just like, yeah, you got to start lifting weights and stuff. If you want to really be competitive, you know, for me, it was just like a sport to play. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, uh, you know, stuff like that. Like these days, I clearly don't play football. I'm, I would prefer not to shred my knees and shit like that. Um, but, you know, like the thing that I got into and feel like I got maybe more native at was like probably my number one sport is basketball. Oh, there you um, go. I also played for UW's ultimate Frisbee team, Cutthroat. Ah. So I did that for a few years. But I'm pretty good at that. But I'm also like these days I'm like, what happens when I try to get vertical and snatch one of those discs out of the middle of the air? I'm like, I could probably do the first part. It's the landing. And I'm like, all right, this is the last time you did that, idiot. I so. sound like a popcorn machine when I walk. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, and it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I 
play I was reasonable a good athlete when I was a kid. Played soccer growing up in Oregon, and there's I went through a bunch of pictures because we moved houses, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that those uniforms. And uh, my thing was, I got to fifth grade into the season, and I was like, I'm gonna quit soccer to watch Saturday morning cartoons. This is stupid. Doing this, this is dumb. I don't know why. I was like, when I'm out there, I'm thinking about the cartoons I'm missing, and uh, <laughs> and I mean, I was. I could I could kick the distance. What the hell are you yeah. doing out there? Oh, You're okay. just thinking of like the new Ghostbusters yeah. or something like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, and we shouldn't be here right now. Yeah, like, what are we doing, guys? Let's get and uh, but I was, I was competitive and I was, I was reasonable at the sport. And then instead of watching cartoons, I wrestled. I did. Oh, and that was a dumb move. Oh, wow. You went into like proper wrestling. Yeah, right? like not pro wrestling. Yeah, like the Greco Romans. Yeah, it was. USA, it was uh, not a sport I was good at. Um, it did was they call it? Did they just? Did they call it like juniors wrestling at that point? Because I was like fifth grade, sixth grade. Is yeah, sixth grade was when I wrestled. I can't. It was at the middle school. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, sorry. We had junior high. You have middle school. Yeah, and then then moved here for middle school. Um, so I was like in the middle again. Seventh grade was the middle in middle school, and eighth grade was the middle in junior high. So yeah. Um, did like three years of wrestling, which I was like, I think I just did it because it was just another sport, not necessarily because I was like, yeah, I love wrestling. And uh, I had an incident with a coach, and I was like, he tried to make me wrestle when I was hurt, and I was like, no. And I walked out. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. And then I got into, I was uh, downhill skiing. I raced, ski raced. Cool. And because uh, I grew up skiing on Mount Hood in Oregon and I was yeah. reasonable skier, but I wasn't the guy that put in like the time during the summers, like the, my teammates would go to camps and all that stuff. My sport was football. Right. And uh, they, it, I did better than I thought I was going to do on the team. And uh, luckily I had a coach that was um, a football coach too. And at a, a junior high, the junior high level. So he knew how to coach, not just be a cool ass, you know, ski coach, like a ski bum or whatever. He was, he was a good coach. So right. he respected stuff. Like I had to taught my team how to lift weights. Like they're right. none of them were weightlifters and I was pretty good at it. Like, like you said, like, you know, it's probably good that you lift weights. Nobody ever told me like you should lift weight. I mean, they were like, this is what you have to do to play football. Not like <laughs> I this is eventually have to be part of the math, but I was yeah. like, I'm also like, I I never had the illusion of like, I'm gonna go to the pros, oh, yeah, I'm I be like a quarterback, and I'm gonna yeah make all this money. Like, I didn't ever even envision like I'd be like, I don't think I'll ever play well enough to get a scholarship. That was what I was like. All right, cool, you know that's fine. Like, I did, I did, and well, and then it was like would be burnout. Like you'd hit the summer times. <laughs> And I had family back in Oregon. I didn't love Wyoming, so I'd go home. I'd go back home. See, I still call it home. Right. Yeah. And I'd get leave and get out of shape or whatever, and then come back and get back into shape to play football. And um, I, I was good enough to be like all state, but like probably by the time it came around to recruiting, I was burned out a lot, and um. I got recruited by small place, small schools, and they're like, I thought you were taller. And I was like, that's not going to. Thank you, dude. That's I, did, like, 
I'm not getting any taller. This is about it. Hey, dude, we want to recruit you. I thought you were taller. Yeah. <laughs> How flattering. Yeah, I was like, let me put my cleats on. Let's talk about <laughs> this. And, but yet, I mean, I'm glad I didn't end up playing, like, college. I mean, it had been nice to, you know, that co- that college degree paid for like that. But right. I'm glad I didn't because, I, I mean, I lived with college football players eventually, and their time was well taken care of by football. Right. You know? like, and um, – like I said, I sound like a popcorn machine. I don't hurt, but my knees and ankles, like we have in our new house, we have like more stairs that I have to climb on a daily basis. And I'm like, if I sit down for a while, I get up and I'm like, crack, 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 crack. Yeah, right. I, I don't regret any of the football or skiing I did, but part of me was like, you should have paid attention in class more and got your head together. <laughs> like learn learned how to be a student more, love life of all yeah. that stuff instead of being like football, football, football was your thing. And uh, like, I was like, oh man, I missed out on a lot of cool things, but I really enjoyed my time in the field. And I enjoyed hitting people and, and all that stuff. That that was the fun part of football. Not. Yeah. There uh, were certainly, there were certainly some people who I've been like impressed. There was a guy who he went to school at UW when I was getting my degree there and his name was Mike Groover played like on the defensive line huge fucking guy long hair yeah. like the same music as me so we got along go. pretty well and like when he graduated i was like congratulations what's going on he's like i'm gonna go get a doctorate and he's a fucking doctor in hawaii now and i'm like that dude used to get his brain mashed in on saturdays and instead of being like i'm gonna make it pro he's like dude i'm using this to go be a doctor and then i'll have no more football like <laughs> Because you know what, the top one percent of college players make it to the NFL doesn't mean you're even gonna play. Yeah. So let alone I, that short ass career you're gonna yeah. have if you do less than five years in the NFL's average, I think. So yeah, yeah the smart good, ones, man. The smart ones are like, I'm using this opportunity to get a degree, to get an education, and, or at least you know build those um, networks. To, to further your life beyond the football field. And there's guys that are super talented and, and they belong on the football field and I get all that. Yeah, 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 for but sure. But I, I, being at UW when I was working in, uh, when I was in college, I was uh, part of, I, part of the media a little bit is UW TV. And I had roommates and friends are all in the sports. And so we do interviews with them and I'd see all their time and I was just like, yeah, man. I understand why you want to be a college student because you see how much fun we're having. I know you get to play football. Right. Holy crap, man. But I was like, look, you're having opportunities given to you. So go to those study tables. Go get those tests. Go get all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you get like, smart? You, sh- you should all be academic All-Americans. That's I'll what put I it, I'll put it to you this way. There's a reason right now why Tim Tebow is doing, like, life surge and shit like that. Yeah. Because he didn't get a degree worth of fuck. Like, I mean, seriously, he didn't. But nobody on those championships teams studied fuck all. I'm going to be clear about that. Life studies. (laughs) Shout out Urban Meyer for being the best not (laughs) ever. Yeah. (laughs) Life studies, whatever that is. Hey, dude, what have you been doing, Aaron Hernandez? I've been taking drugs and not going to class. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else? Oh, I sh- I fucking shot a dude in the face last week. Any other problems? No, the cops. I, are cool. I can catch footballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's there's some 
There's some people out there that are killer athletes but make terrible life decisions. You know what's crazy is there's some guys out there who make killer athletes, but then they also make killer killers. So it's not yeah, really surprising go. how it breaks out. Like, well, I mean, there's something to say. Like, I've kind of said that um, it should be mandatory after a football game that you take some sort of THC so you can calm down that killer. <laughs> like. They're, they're told to be aggressive and hustle and, and kill and attack. And then they get off the field. And now you have to be this outstanding member of society. And I was like, not everyone can shut that off. So I was like, mandatory THC. Two, two, <laughs> two movies, which I absolutely adore. One, the program with the oh, yes. dearly it. departed James Conn, RIP. Yes. And two, any given Sunday, of course, like they're fantastic films about the underbelly of, Pro sports and definitely like football generally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I kind of was a critic on any given Sunday because I, but I guess it just kind of showed the speed of the game. But I, because I didn't like it how they're the quick cuts and stuff like that. Love oh, the yeah. program. Love the program. Um, but and I, but I was so mad when they cut the scene out where they were laid in the middle of the road reading Sports Illustrated as cars were driving by. That only made it to the theaters for a couple of weeks, and then it was cut really? out. Really? Yeah, because people were emulating it. And I was like, "Oh, are they emulating standing in front of a train? Like, are they doing?" Yeah, right. This builds the character, like that says he's crazy and he does crazy things to forget about his shitty home life. Right. And, and stuff and that I was like, but were people doing all these other stuff? Were they riding their motorcycles real fast? Were they? I was like. Come on. I don't know if you realize it, but Sprite paid a boatload to get him holding that six-pack at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. They paid oh. him way more than they ever paid LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. I bet. So, we're you, about, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, do you remember any of the the team names that you played on when you were younger? Like, Because we were always named after, like, pro teams, essentially, right? Oh, I mean, not, not in junior high, I guess, but. So, it'd be soccer the teams we play there wow no because we were we were by our sponsor names oh okay so, like, oh that's cool so you kind of had a nice like chico's bail bonds thing yeah we had like, like i remember it was east coast machine or east coast east co machine was one soccer sponsor cool so you just look for that name in the schedules and that's so you like, just had like a color jersey and it's yeah east on it i think cool. we had we had the reversible. I think they were orange and black, maybe. So what? Oh yeah, orange, black. Um, we had the like the. There's this one that's brown. It was brown and like had like brown and yellow checkers on the side, maybe black. But it was like the classic old school, like John Stockton shorts, like oh, wow. tight, yeah. like yeah <laughs> butt huggers like that i just saw that picture not too long ago and i was like i remember those unis i think there was a green version of them oh wow. uh, we were deaf that was out in oregon sponsored uh were the name of our teams and i everybody that played in laramie all had like the same laramie soccer club shirts like growing up like they all remember those and they're like right. did you have one and i was like i didn't play here so right yeah <laughs> uh, like, no i didn't um nope. no so you used to, you used to, you did you play basketball through high school or all through no high no 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 I just oh, like okay. I've I just am I like I I play I played a shitload in college not like oh, okay at the varsity level or the junior varsity or yeah and I played some at the intramural but like mostly it was like me and a crew of like 
you know, like anywhere from like three to like eight dudes would go like meet up at my buddy's house and then walk down to, uh, what was that? Shit Pond Park? Is that? Oh, is yeah. That? Undyne. Was that Undyne? No, it's not oh, Undyne. Labonte. No. Labonte. Yes. Yeah, because there's that, there's that court there and we would go yeah. and basically play like 21 for okay. like a few hours, like probably at least once a week. So I learned to like, I learned to play. Like I was like, I learned how to like get way better, use my size and stuff. Cause I played a little bit when I was younger, but I didn't have any discipline, like, or any shooting skills, you know, like uh-huh. one of my buddies taught me how to like throw fucking sky hooks. And I was like, Oh, this is like, yeah, this is like the dark arts, man. This is like, <laughs> <awkward>. like, <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool, man. I'll figure it out. I also like cert like the thing that I, the thing that I picked up in college was like there's so many people who like strive so hard to be like you know nothing but net type players yeah. i love i love the bank it's yeah. like it is it is like trigonometry to me i'm like yes. where do i have to hit it off this board to put it in that bucket because i know i can do it if i get around you you know like yeah, yeah. So i do a lot of drives and stuff like that and i try to go you know like high and long to the board to see if i can put it in that's testing yourself there yeah it's fun it's good and that's usually how i practice too is i'm like i'm always trying to do that give myself challenge shots so i'm like all right what's it you know and i feel like that's how a lot of like you know not to say i'm among the best players but that's how like a lot of players are that's like dude just take that shot take it from right there like go ahead and make it and if you don't like you know screw it take another one you know like just keep 100 times whatever Ten thousand hours oh yeah boom, boom my eventually my, you shoot you'll shoot from pretty much everywhere on the floor you know like you're like ah oh, that's right i know that I shot it last time like this and it did go in you know track that memory try to do it again muscle memory. yeah i my dad my parents divorced when i was like six and i'd visit my dad and he had keys to he was a uh, grade school teacher and he had keys to the gym and then it was like we'd go i'd call it like now i was like oh, i went to go do visitation but man we were practicing so right. I'd, shoot, <laughs> I'd shoot from the elbow i'd shoot, like i did a lot of basketball but i liked it but i didn't love it like right. i didn't have the killer instinct so i i was like you don't want me on your team i'd care less if we lose but i'm more impressed with the shot i made than you oh, know yeah, right. <laughs> i was like so I'm probably not, you know, gonna work out. So I kept away from it. But I played intramurals in high school. We had those were fun, like spring leagues. I played. We played college ball. Um, I had some friends in college that were just ballers. Yeah. And so that's all they'd want to do is like, oh, let's go play basketball. Oh, let's go play basketball. So it's kind of like keep up or not be friends, right? And so you play a lot of basketball. Yeah. I mean. And I was like, I suck. And they're like, you're actually pretty good. And I was like, well, I don't care if I'm good. Like, I was like, right. I'll play if you want me to, but I'm not really um, loving this all the time. But they were, they were really good basketball players. And, and so I was more like, okay, I'm going to go out on the court and wear my you know, Sean Kemp Reebok pumps and a headband. I was a spectacle more than I was like good player. And everything. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Though. And uh, I'm left-handed, like says left-handed. Um, I had one good shot because nobody expects a lefty shot to come at yep. you. So I would post up on, on the le- right side and then get my one hand, one left shot in and they'd be like, Oh, you're lefty. And I'm like, okay, one trick pony. I just need to learn how to shoot with my right hand. It'd be good. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, I remember like that, you know, like that's, I had this like stupefying regimen. I was like, and then like 
towards the end of it, like I would have to like before I finish, I would have to make ten free throws with my left hand because I was just because I'm a right-handed guy. Yeah. So I was like, All right, and just sit there and do it however long it took me because it could take me a long time, you know, trying to get yourself like so you can actually do it. And I was like, yeah, let me mirror it out and try to shoot it like this instead, you know. And I was like, man, that's hard. So to give you some credence to your shift the hands thing and like do something the same but the other way, it's like, dude, that's not easy. That's tough to do. And even for something as rudimentary as shooting a basketball, Uh, I'd be like, I tell people, like, my right hand's worthless, man. I don't know what it does. Like, it's there putting away a lot um it's it's like, my grippy hand <laughs> i was like I, there is i can nowadays i can bat and putt with right hand but it still doesn't feel great but i i can get it, my brain to work that way i tried to learn how to play guitar right-handed Whoa. that was silly silly that's and crazy I, man i have a left-handed guitar much easier to pick up and noodle with in on the right one but yeah it was uh it was a great idea but it wasn't and i even had like a a instructor and they're like oh you're lefty you probably shouldn't have hired me for this (laughs) (laughs) you probably shouldn't have hired me yeah yeah i was like hey your instincts to turn that guitar the other way i was like yeah i know so well it's it's interesting you know like i i always Whenever I, I always think when I think of left people, left-handed people, I always think about the left Dorian from The Simpsons. So uh, you can always go get like yeah. a left-handed can opener or whatever. Because I'm like, yeah, man, that's got to be. I think I saw that episode as a kid, and I was like, that's got to be a real pain in the ass. Like scissors, ah, scissors, scissors are rough. Like I think I know how to cut better with right hand, like my right hand, than left-handed with scissors because it's just it's hard to find left-handed scissors. So you're just like, whatever. I'll get this done. Yeah. It's whenever I have to like trim my beard and stuff and I use like my little hand scissors and I try yeah. to like s- switch, you know, like try to use it with like my le- left hand. I'm like, Oh boy, this is, oh, this yeah. is complicated. Like I'm not doing good. Not that the, I do great with the right cause they're tiny, you know, but playing with fire on that one. Yeah. You're like, Oh, there's the divot. <laughs> been there, been there where I'm like, people are like, what happened? you miss shaving i'm like yeah that's when my goatee is much much smaller right now <laughs> you know <laughs> i tried to do it the wrong way but uh um so you, you talked about like eventually you got a job did you get a job in like high school then where you work oh, in yeah yeah like i first job ever actually i was dishwashing i dishwashed at a place called granny's kitchen which is no longer exists i mean the uh, building does but it's now it's an indian restaurant shout uh, out sherpa it's delicious nice <laughs> Um, but I worked as a dishwasher there for one day and I realized I just hated it. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I quit, you know, I just like left. I was like, and she was like, you come back tomorrow. And I was like, no, no, (laughs) bye. But, uh, like not too long after that, I ended up like, so I I lived not far from the movie theater in my own town. And so like I went over there one day and I, I, I went in to pick up an application. When I went in to pick up an application, I wore like a dress shirt. Yeah. Application. And when I dropped it off, like I think it was two days from then. Like it took two days to complete it. I mean, I didn't take two days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came in, I was like wearing another dress shirt, dropped it off. 
they got called like almost immediately because they were like, hey, cool. You already seem like you got the idea. You have to wear like a tie and a shirt. You're going to have to serve people popcorn and yeah, listen to them make their dumbass jokes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got hired. I got hired at the movie theater and I worked there until I left uh, Gillette. That's a dream job, man. Yeah, dude. Honestly, working in a movie theater was like one of the best formative experiences of my life. I think it showed me a lot of film that I knew I would like. and It gave me like a strong couching for the future. And not to say that I don't like bad films. That's bullshit. I think oh, yeah. no one is immune from that. But it helped me, you know, like understand how things work and stuff. You know, like there's so many people who have like such a stilted view of probably movie theaters most directly like and it's kind of like sad ah i will hope to work in a movie theater when i retire i hope they're still around yeah dude like i think yeah like working working i mean like what are you gonna do like with all of your nights man like seriously like you're gonna you're gonna gonna do something like all those nights man you don't just gonna go there and like you're not gonna work that hard you're still gonna get paid probably get free popcorn you know I remember that was why I was so fat in high school, man. I was I had free popcorn and soda on tap, dude. Like (laughs) that would do the job. Yeah. Um, Then somebody introduced me to putting sugar on popcorn. What the fuck? I had no chance. (laughs) I guess yeah. I I was like, I guess there is, you know, the the caramel corn and all that. So yeah, sweet popcorn. It's a good idea. Uh, It was dynamite. With that, yeah. movie, with that movie popcorn butter and stuff. Oof, ah, yum. Yeah, I'll pack on the pounds. Yeah, I could get that. Because <laughs> um, we had, I had a popcorn, uh, like a movie th- theater it's popcorn machine in my house for a long time. And yeah, the, the door broke on it. And I was like, that's probably a good thing. Because <laughs> it was every night thing. Right. Uh, yeah, it's so it was so good, and then make the house would smell good, and ah, uh, yeah. And now now we have a bigger house. I'm like, hmm, I have to get another one. <laughs> the perfect right. where where my studio's at. Like it opens up. I like double doors on. It opens up into like a basement living room area, and there's a wet bar and a TV, and oh yeah. So perfect spot for a popcorn machine down here, I think. Yeah. Back at that one again. Uh I love bad movies too. And I am, I think I talked about in my last episode, I am the guy that it's, if it's bad from the beginning, I'm in, I'm like, all right, we're going to see how this thing works itself out. Right. That, yeah. There's some movies and that I like, and I'm like, they, I'll tell people they're like, Oh, you really like that movie? I'm like, it's so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's good. And, Are you thinking of like, probably like, horror movies here like where, where do you see a lot of categories what do you see here yeah oh yeah a lot of different categories uh horror movies a lot of the time because my girlfriend likes horror movies and they just, there's a ton of just just bad ones suck there's so many even the good ones i'm like i'm like this yeah. movie is legitimately scary people are like they're like i don't know if i can go to sleep tonight and i'm just like are you kidding me it's all bullshit like yeah these movies are garbage man like yeah that's not happening yeah, and and probably a lot of that come. Well, the horror movies don't scare me like that. I yeah. worked I worked in TV news in New York for three years. I've seen some real shit. Yeah, and I was like, so whatever you put on that, no. I, I was like, it doesn't really freak me out that much. Um, 
or make me go, I can't sleep at night. I was like, I've seen way too much craziness in real time. So yeah, I don't, it, that kind of stuff. But also like, um, it, I'm also a broadcasting major or degree. I have a degree. And, um, so I know like, Oh, I wouldn't use that shot or, or why they use this lighting or yeah. So I get production like values into the, like I start watching, I'm like, uh, I'll beat it up or I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. Or, and then I'm like, Oh yeah. Back to the plot. Right. And so a lot of the times I would use bad movies to get me out of that, that psyche of constantly critiquing stuff. And so I was like, just hook me. That's all. Just hook me in the nonsense. Like how bad can this get? So I don't really think about like you just jump cut and you did this. And I was like, don't think about that. I just want to see how this turd lands. That's all I want to see. And my girlfriend will go to sleep or just walk out the room. She's like, I can't take this one anymore. And I'm like, all right. And on someday I'll probably put a list together, my bad movies um, and everything, but I'm and TV on the same. Well, TV, I like I've done so I can be like those murder shows. I was like, Oh yeah, I hate this shot where they have the guy walking. Oh like, yeah, right. John, John, blah blah blah, and they walk off. They don't even walk off screen. They're still robotization. Like, yeah, and then they just have him sitting there doing the interview, and I'm like, "How do you go from walking to sitting?" Like, it just jars me. Like, let him walk off stage. I hate the the canned stuff. Like, I'm working on my computer, and you know when they're talking about a case, and I'm like, it's hard to do because what else are you gonna get him doing with B roll coverage and stuff like that? Right. Uh, and I was like. Oh, I could do all this with one camera easily. That's why most of the stuff. Right. And, and everything. So um, TV, I could take a little more. And then, yeah, I bore the socks off my girlfriend. She's, she'll be like, just watch the show. Don't <laughs> worry about the cameras and just watch the damn show. Uh, I'm like, okay, I will do that. Um, so, sorry, more about you. Back no, no, to you. Uh, your movie theater working. Uh, in high school, were you? like academically inclined or are you just kind of the average student or yeah like i i uh for the most part i always had like pretty good grades That's good. it wasn't it wasn't till like i mean i say that and like i've it's fun to like i don't you know like there's so many people who probably have that kind of weird like harvard princeton you know judicious mentality that's like well i can't have one mark against my permanent record otherwise they'll send me to monster island or something yeah um but like no i have like it's like so fun i maybe i still have it somewhere in like some old school stuff but i definitely got an f in english when i was in junior high (laughs) and it was because i just didn't do any work and it like made me laugh so i still think about it and then eventually it started like just like writing stories and then i got like i ended up with like a b you know i was like okay like all right i guess this is what i can do and then at that point i kind of started caring again and by the time I got to my senior year, I think, like, I got through my, like, first semester of my senior year with a 4.0 and, or, like, with, yeah. with with all A's. It wasn't, like, maybe 4.0. I can't remember how they did yeah. the EPA or whatever. But I remember, like, senior year, <laughs> the second semester, I almost didn't pass English. So, I <laughs> so I was like, wow, dude, like, it's kind of crazy how, like, I was like, yeah, you bet. And then eventually I was like, this is bullshit like i just stopped caring but the reason why i kind of stopped caring was because i like 
I did speech and debate. I did science Olympiad. I did state drama, theater. I did so many extracurriculars. So like that was really what I was kind of putting my time and energy into. And it was well worth it, man. Like a freaking, you know, like went to nationals, state champion, uh, you know, went to nationals and like, oh, for science Olympiad too. So I got to go to like, got to go admittedly nationals for speech and debate was in salt lake so i was like oh yeah big whoop. Yeah. Yeah. but um nationals for science olympiad was in pennsylvania it was like oh, cool. it was it was like not quite in pittsburgh it was kind of a little ways from there it was like at a university there i can't near there um and then i mean talk about making you feel like a dumbass like <laughs> i i thought i was so good for like <clears throat> doing well in some of the events i was in like i was the astronomy genius on our team yeah. and then i went there and got absolutely humbled like <laughs> i think we finished like 48th in astronomy oh. yeah so i was like wow dude we almost finished the bottom and i was like oh gosh this was supposed to be my crowning jewel event but they were like hey calculate the distance between this star and us and parsecs and i was like i cannot do that wow <laughs> wow but yeah so like yeah when people do well there it's impressive so it's like i think back then they used to give scholarships to the top 10 in each event so like you would you would like one of my buddies finished 10th in the physics lab so he received a scholarship for college cool and i was like holy shit this is crazy like i can't believe this so Anyways, that's like what my mind was all about. And then yeah. also like because of like being part of like drama, like so I was in, you know, like the senior play or like I was in the play the la- like the last year. There's also yeah. this thing called state drama. That's a whole thing that takes a oh, yeah. semester. And then at the end of the year, uh, like after we graduated and stuff, hilariously almost didn't get back in time because we were coming back from Science Olympiad. So we got there and graduation had already started. We got changed <laughs> in the car from Rapid City to Gillette. It's like like a, the whole team, you just take a, turns, like going into the back of the van to put on clothes. And then, like yeah. That's like a yeah. high school. That's like the beginning of like a high school coming of age movie. And then all. we went to, and then we went to New York City, like the drama yeah. club, like in the summer. So that was like a huge thing. We were gone for like seven days or so. Cool. But yeah, so like I was, my brain was elsewhere. Like I was like, dude, I don't care. I, good example. I didn't apply to, to UW until like, I think there was like two weeks left in application. So I literally didn't apply to a single college except for UW. And I got in and was like, cool. <laughs> I, I did like, I did the, I did draw. I like drama. I liked acting. I, right. um, I spoke about my last one podcast, but like, you know, you did all the, you know, elementary school plays. And everything but the moment like i got out of my shell was probably second grade we had the solid gold dancers no they shit came, they came around to every what? school yeah sound solid gold dancers yeah. that's so um, crazy and then and during your uh gym class they taught you how to dance what moves and at the end of the day they had a big old assembly and it kind of would showcase people how to dance so they brought a bunch of kids up on like four, I don't know, maybe 10 up there in front of the whole school. And the solid gold youngsters are trying to get to dance. And the you know, kids are like, oh my God, I'm in front of everybody. Right. So they're like, all right, let's get other people. And I was the second wave that came up. 
And I instantly started dancing. And the only dancings I knew were from the movie, probably fresh in my head, Airplane. Oh, what? <laughs> the disco point. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing that. And the place, burn, like, baby, burn erupted. <laughs> like, got everybody into it. Like, everyone else was coming up and dancing. I mean, when they got called up and they would do, you know, other stuff. And so they would see the reaction. And I won, like, some school spirit award. But that kind of, like, I got you juiced. Got me going. And, and, like, eighth grade, I went out for, I had drama. I mean, I had drama classes in seventh grades whenever you could take them. Eighth right. grade, I went for the school play instead of playing basketball like everybody athlete did. And right. I was a doctor in the Velveteen Rabbit. And, <laughs> and it was the first time they like, I got makeup. Like they did me up like an old man. Did and you I was like an old man. Yeah. <laughs> but yet sports still were out there for me. And so I do the classes, but I didn't do the clubs. I didn't do the competitions. Cause I was like, no, that'll take away from my sport. Right. I was in DECA, which oh, DECA. <laughs> I was the president of DECA my senior year. See, I set it up. My senior year was a cakewalk. Oh, DECA, senior yeah. year president. Yeah. My senior year was a cakewalk. Like I had gotten done with all the hard classes, probably all the required stuff. And so I was like TA, PE, market advanced marketing but that was the deck aside like it was I, I i was like so stupid i was like i only have to pass english my senior year this is gonna be cake yeah. and I took ap english like a dumbass like yeah <laughs> i kind of hoisted myself on that petard and so yeah like that increased my gpa good but i was like getting recruited and stuff like that so i thought i was gonna go to another school but i didn't apply to u-dub till two weeks i mean the deadline was very close it was like there <laughs> yeah i was like all right i'm not going to do in sports so uh and my parents were the university i think the time when i was enrolling like all you had to have it was a high school diploma from wyoming you were automatically right. accepted right so uh yeah i was in and i i was like i probably didn't even love the university of wyoming until three or four years in because i was still from oregon so i was a big old ducks fan I was oh like, yeah not having it and i was like i barely wear the gear but then i was around the teams all the time and i was like all right and so right. now i'm a super fan now the sign my checks now they so there's a lot going on that i like you dub about but yeah. um didn't necessarily love it. i didn't notice if i loved laramie at the time um i did go to college in the same town with high school and but my parents were like, no, you're going to go live in dorms, live in apartments. You're yeah. not home. So I was like, okay, I got that. They're like, go live a real life. We're here for you, but yeah, you go be a college student. Yeah, have exactly. fun with it. And I did. <laughs> I, I did not know how to manage my time. Well, I was no longer a young full-time athlete. It felt like right. it. You know, oh, I'll take that eight o'clock biology class. That was dumb. <laughs> like, and, and. Cause I was like, Oh, I did it, you know, for high school, but I went in high school. I went to bed at a reasonable hour. Right. Joyce college, man. That was while well, the fun happened was late night. So. Right. Yeah. It was That's the truth, a, dude. a different adjustment. Um, you know, going to, going to school in Laramie, it was an adjustment for you. Gillette kind of smaller here. Well, it's a university town. So bigger right. ideas, more people, different people. I was like stoked because yeah. like I, I, uh, you know, like I, I, I like 
I, I can't remember. Like I'd, I'd only gone to Laramie like a few times before like going to school there. Oh um, yeah. Hilariously, when I moved to Laramie, my car ran out of gas on seventeenth. <laughs> or excuse me. Yeah, like seventeenth and Grand or something. Okay. Like that. No, no, no. It was, it was further up. It okay. was further up because it was. I was close. Now it's a loafing joke, but I like I ran oh. out of gas back in the day. It was a mini mart, and I okay. ran out of gas right there. And I was like, oh, I was trying to turn in. So we uh, figured out what I was doing, and at least was like, he like leaned his head out the window. He's like, I'll push you in. Like, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, like that was, you know, so that was interesting. I also screwed it up because coming from Gillette you go through the canyon and I missed the turn for the canyon so I went uh, down to Cheyenne and drove over the mountain that will get you I didn't have enough gas you know was... did you live in dorms yes yes which, I, which lived, I lived I lived in Orr I was an Orr oh, boy what about okay. you McIntyre Mac Hall was yeah. it did you have it when it was nice and new or did you have it no when it was... definitely not 90s definitely not nice and new dude uh, now, I mean, they, they've been renovated a few times over, and they're building new dorms um, right. here in the next couple of years. That are oh, they are yeah, they're building new ones. Or are they uh, like are they demolishing those, or do they have like new? No, well, you know, they I mean? got rid of Wild Hall, and okay. where I had an office there at one time, and then they're getting rid of where the like maintenance shop operations was at that building, like the. Uh, is it Clark Street? No, Lewis Street. Yeah. Lewis Street is almost is like owned by UW. Like Bullside yeah. Street is. I remember a buddy who used to have like a little like the tiny, a tiny Cracker Jack like place. Yeah, and it was like it, they didn't even have all of it. They had the basement. So we lived in the upstairs, and it was like this tiny little place. And I remember like, like when I saw like when I saw those huge buildings, I was like. Holy cow! There used to be this tiny house where we would all get together and watch Sopranos on like <laughs> on like Wednesdays, you know, like so yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it and so like they're moving, they have dorms there, but for the time being, I think the old tall dorms will be uh, still around. But like for like Washakie, will be over with the new stuff, so you're gonna have to walk to go eat, which is nonsense. And so it's going to be who can afford the new ones. I don't know how it's going to work mm -hmm. out. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. Um, well, I'm like, don't get rid of the tall ones because they're the tallest buildings in Wyoming. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, they're landmarks, man. They're like, I think I think I remember one. I think I remember one night I was sitting down on the first floor of like, or I was just talking to somebody, and like as we were chatting and stuff, like something fell. <laughs> Somebody, wow. had taken, somebody had taken one of those whole things of cereal oh. from the cafeteria and had thrown it off, like, the top of ore, and it just went, and there was, like, I think it was Fruit Loops. Ah. It was, like, Fruit Loops everywhere, and I just started, like, laughing, because, like, I mean, we were inside, so we saw it kind of from the outside in, and we just, like, it was back, because I think at that point they had the parking lot cordoned off. Wow. So it was like all fenced off. So I was like, "Oh, too bad. Nobody's gonna get to like walk <laughs> through it tomorrow or something." Well, I actually lived in dorms two years because, like, going in my second year, the housing situation fell through. I am dorms, but I'm on room, and it was on like the Back second times. Yeah, 
it was on the second floor of McIntyre and I was right by the exit. So basically all us on the second floor would just prop it open. So I never dealt with like the RA desk half the time because we all had like an understanding of make sure this door stays open. Oh for yeah, for sure. The stairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that was, so I didn't meet a whole lot of people in the dorms because I was already from Laramie. So I knew where the parties were at, all that stuff. Right. And then my, right in the middle of my first year, I ended up getting a roommate that was from Laramie. And we, we met in the dorms, but we didn't really know each other in high school. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, great. I'm not really living, I'm living like my 13th year of high school. Like it's not, it's not it's quite college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have some best friends from then still. But I was like, I ended up joining a fraternity eventually, like when I was 20. Just I was like, I want to meet some people. I want some test files. I want the network. I already had a drink. I could kind of meet girls already. And so I joined when I was 20, which was cool. I got some of my best grades because you had to study to party. Right. uh, Then I turned 21 and I was already going to bars. And that was the end of the fraternity for a while. (laughs) Some other stuff happened in the fraternity that I wasn't really happy with what i what, can imagine that yeah and so Did and you i was signed like, an nda or can you tell me what fraternity you were in oh, i was in, i was a pike uh, yeah, i've definitely been to a few parties there <laughs> yeah oh yeah and i had some good friends in it um they got me in like my i met this guy well he was from gillette named matt williams and uh class of probably 92 and uh he, we met working on a job as UW Movers, like a part-time job during the summer. Yeah. And uh, he's a Yankee fan. He's a Niners fan. He wasn't from Gillette. Like he was from like Louisiana. I can't remember where he's from or Indiana or something. Where, and so he hadn't lived in a while very long. We were like kindred spirits and he was in the fraternity ahead of me. And so he is my big brother, but I was his boss, like in real life, like the job. So we were highly connected roommates. And so there's some good people I met out of the situation. Yeah, um, sure. But it involved, and I don't, this public knowledge where I think there was some shenanigans uh, with this girl broke out a window in one of the basements, windows, oh. crawled out, and the police found her like trying to break a window to get into the beta house, which is a, not a fraternity. It's just a, it's, yeah. it's a building, it's a business. And she had no idea. She got there just wasted. So I started asking, like, why didn't she just walk out the door? Mm-hmm. Like, why did she have to break a window? Why is she nobody, busting a window? Yeah, yeah. Nobody would say a word. And I was just like, and I, and, and I already had, like, my friends were like, man, you hang out with the attorney all the time. You need to come out and hang out with us. And I was like, yeah, let's go to the bar. And so right, yeah, a good move and, and everything. And then later on, I find out like they're known as the you know date rape drug house, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, you guys got to change that attitude, you know that perception. <laughs> you know that's not good. That's terrible. Yeah, that's a faux pas, when, bro. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. And when I was when I was joining, it was like the goody goody fraternity, like hundred strong members and all this stuff, and then kind of got skeevy with that date rape they, stuff. It's like weird to say that, like in my time there, I feel like they all had their kind of dark side, as it were. You know, yeah. Like, I feel like you know, it's just like wow, there's some weird, there's some weird shit going on here. You know, like 
And I'm, I'm highly surprised. I mean, fraternities are huge, maybe at other campuses, but University of Wyoming, where I'm like, people come from these smaller towns. There, you know, somebody that's in that town from Gillette, from a big piney from, so there's already a built in kind of fraternity to go hang out at, Hey, it's they got my brother's friends from Gillette. Yeah. Let's go hang out their house. So that already, I mean, that already takes away from joining a fraternity. So um, I'm surprised it lasts very long. And then the amounts of like hazing that have happened and deaths across the nation. I'm, oh, I'm really yeah. surprised they're thinking, I'm not trying to slam the Greek system or anything like that. It's just, um, it may not be a, a thing anymore, like a needed thing for college life anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I think it's going to be a very, like, I think, yeah, I think college and the university system writ large is writ large is going to be yeah very different. I would say within the next fifteen to twenty years. I just want to retire first. So yeah, cool. <laughs> Please don't destroy my institution before I retire. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Please yeah. Please yeah. Don't, uh... I've had enough moves in my job that I'm like, okay, right retirement. Or, it's like yeah. it's like it's like funny listening to your story about your your roommate because it was like similar with me like they're like hey they got the letter they're like hey this is your roommate yeah like, this is gonna be your room but 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 and so like I think I remember calling him at some point I was like hey dude I'm gonna be your roommate I don't know what you're bringing down to Laramie but I got like a TV I got a PlayStation too and I was like I named off a couple other things He's like. He's like, cool, man. I got a microwave and I got a phone. <laughs> like, so we were just kind of like coordinating on stuff to bring down. Yes. So, um, but yeah, like we get there. Well, I should say I get there. I got there late at night and then I ran out of gas. Oh, yeah. So, like I finally get some gas. I go down, you know, start unloading stuff from the car. And of course, as soon as I start unloading stuff from the car, like I'm seeing people I know. There's uh-huh. a lot of people who went to school there from Gillette. Yeah. So I'm already like getting like, hey, what's going on, Jergish? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, hey, hi. But so I get, <clears throat> I get in my room. I go up, or I get in there. I go up to my room. He's not there. I kind <laughs> of unload a bunch of stuff, shit like that. <clears throat> like, basically, I'm wiped out. Go to bed. Uh, next morning, like, I wake up, he's asleep still. I'm like, all right, screw it. I got stuff to do. So I go yeah. do stuff all day. Um, I'm out late. Like I get back late when I come back, he's asleep. <laughs> Sunday morning, we wake up at the same time and we're like, I guess we should probably get breakfast. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy thing was we had met each other like a year and some change earlier. Cause we had both gone to boy state. Ah, and I think we both said the same thing. We were like, "Oh yeah, you were a boy state." I thought you were, were going to be. A, I thought you were a douchebag. You know, like we both had like the same exact opinion of each other from boy state, which was like, "Oh, this douchebag." Like, yeah, but of course, you know, we like we had a hard laugh about that because it was just like, and it's not surprising because at boy state, it's kind of like a little university. It's like you hang out with your Gillette people, or you hang out with your Cheyenne people, or your Laramie people, or whatever, because you know these people. And you went there with them. So it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, no, it was really funny. And we're still pretty tight to this day. So I thought it was awesome. I can't undersell how important it is to go 
get that collegiate experience with the dorms and stuff like oh, yeah. I think that's all invaluable even if it's all not 100% positive yeah oh yeah well my actually truly my first roommate in college was a 21 year old German oh shit yeah but I already had a fake ID so I was like ah your services are useless to me and uh <laughs> but yeah and so I brought all the stuff I had the, I brought in a TV all you know yeah I think it was maybe that was not first place. It was Sega Genesis when I was in school. Yes. And, uh, brought that in. Um, but then I ran into the, yeah, the guy that I went to high school with and we were constantly like hanging out and he was on the same floor and he's like, Hey, my roommate moved out. You want to, you know, we're always hanging out. So I was like, sure. <laughs> and my old roommate, the German guy, he's like, oh man, I didn't know how to break. I, I really wanted my friend to move in. So I was like, it all worked out. That's cool. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I never I didn't remain friends with him, but we were cool. I would never have like the, you know, terrible you roommate see. stories or anything like that. And so the other, the roommate I got from Laramie, we like, they're just hilarious. Some stories where like one night, it was after a basketball game and I picked up our new Nerf basketball hoop with my foot and I made it in the, like shot it and it went in the basket. So we spent the rest of the night trying, trying to, to replicate that. Yeah. <laughs> trying to replicate that. We're doing this till like two in the morning and our downstairs neighbor like called the RAs on us. Oh, like, yeah. oh, shit, it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, like, Oh, and I was like, we were doing this, not even drunk. Like, right. <laughs> and we were drunk, but yeah. Um, we would we would get in, like shit from like RAs patrolling for sure because yeah. we had the like at that point you could set up a local LAN in each hall uh-huh. so we would be playing Halo against people in different floors and stuff and yeah. you could hear people stomping around above us and yeah. people like below us and then we would also sometimes be like oh you mom you know like you're just, <laughs> you're just, like dude could you guys quiet down like <laughs> yeah. One night we um, tried to electrocute our goldfish. Oh my gosh! And put out the power on like our side of the hall and down. Like we acted like what? No, I don't know what happened. She good? We're doing science, but we didn't know our science very well. <laughs> hey, what time is it, guys? Oh, it's uh it's eleven p.m. So why <laughs> in the hell are you playing wall ball in the middle yeah. <laughs> of the freaking? <laughs> main area you know it's just like why not (laughs) no it's like crazy yeah i I loved it it was like yeah there's so many things i can think back to now and just be like wow that was such a funny thing to see or like have done or like no it's like you know some things happen and i'm like i know exactly who did that (laughs) yeah people might be like i saw this and i like i remember at one point i told this story and somebody was like I was on the first floor when that happened and I saw that girl get soaked and you know who did that? And I was just like, yes. Like, and they were like, get the hell out. Cause I was standing in the elevator. <laughs> so it was way funny for me. Like I was like, Oh wow. She's like, so she's like sitting there. So the reason why this is so funny is it's the or freaking hall. Yeah. We get in, I'm, I'm a fifth floor. So I had a ways to go up. This girl comes in, and I think it's, like, me and maybe the RA for my floor. I'm trying to remember. It's, like, and then her. There's maybe two of us and her. Could have just been me and her. But she's talking on her cell phone. She gets in. She hits the button for two. She's not even going to take the stairs. Just, you know, take an easy look. She's going she's gonna to take the two button. She's, like, 
walking through. She's like, nah, 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 nah. and she comes walking through the door at two when it comes out. And as soon as she walks through, I swear to God, it was like a waterfall instantaneously was like right in front of her. And she just, <laughs> and she's sitting there on the phone and she was like, Oh my God. I'm all wet. And like, she just got like, it's like she's saying into the phone, but she's saying it like not into the phone. And as that, like it, the doors go, and I was like, I was like howling, laughing in the, <laughs> in the elevator. I get up there and then like, we're sitting in the main area, just kind of talking to each other, you know, and this guy from the floor comes in. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And he, he always has this mischievous grin on his face. 24 7 so i'm always like what are you up to luke and as soon as like he sits down and talks to us he's just like i tell you guys to figure out a way to get on top of the elevators here like, <laughs> and as soon as he said that like my eyes just kind of like turned over to him and i was like oh you brought a bucket of water on top of an elevator and you threw it on somebody didn't you that's pretty fucking funny like that's awesome yeah wow. so, shenanigans i love it uh yeah it's uh there are some interesting dorm stories and stuff i mean that and there's certainly some I mean, bad experiences oh yeah i've heard people that hate their roommates and all that i'm glad i never worked out like that i one of my buddies did his entire like he did his entire like okay so what a surprise plenty of people on my floor kept liquor in their fridges and oh stuff. yeah you know as i didn't give a shit uh, you know i didn't even drink back then at that time so i was like whatever dude you teach their own you know yeah like but this one dude like he did his laundry like so he started his laundry he goes back up plays some halo starts drinking vodka goes back down continues laundry goes back up keeps playing halo keeps drinking vodka goes back down basically he's got like you know maybe three or four up and downs from the laundry room in the basement to the fifth floor when he gets done he goes back down to the basement to grab his clothes out of the dryer not only are his clothes nowhere to be found, either it's his basket or like his detergent or anything like that. So he's like, somebody stole my fucking clothes. So he goes to like the front desk and tells them what's up. And they're like, well, you need to like, you need to tell UW police. He's just like, oh, I just don't want to do that. Like, so the entire time he's like, I guess he's like, there used to be these pillars in there, right? Like he's, he's talking to them. He was like, he picked the darkest area in the pillar. So like when they came over, he's like, oh, I'm right over here. Like, and he like leaned against it. So he was trying to like talking down a lot. And like, they were like, kind of took all his info and they were just like, so, uh, you've been drinking tonight? And he's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> and they're like, all right. You know, and they basically are like, no bullshit. Like, so they test him and everything and they give him a, you know, underage ticket and they didn't take him in or anything like that they basically just tested him and ticketed him and there was yeah dude you're drunk you know um so did he he take his clothes back to his room when he was drunk is that the thing he he woke up the next morning he went and he opened up those double cabinets and there was all of his laundry neatly folded in his laundry basket with his stuff and i was like oh my god you didn't you didn't do that to yourself it just sounds like something I would do, so that's why I guessed what the, what happened. It's so weird because usually when you're like when you're at that point in the night, if you've been drinking, your your drunk self is like, "Oh man, I hope sober me like backed me up and did something nice for me," oh, or yeah. like even drunk me did something nice for drunker me. Like, 
he bought the burrito and put it in the freaking fridge. Now I'm really drunk and I can heat it up and eat it. <laughs> yeah. I I get mad at drunk me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Cover me. Does make some good decisions ahead of time. Yeah. But right. drunk me? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, I even, I think I even put like 40 bottles, empty 40 bottles. I had to be 19, but across the top of the bookshelves. Yeah. <laughs> no, RA said one peep to me. I mean, oh, right. it yeah. <laughs> like beer. I mean, should have washed it out better, but uh, we didn't drink much in there because we were from Laramie. We knew a lot of yeah. the places to go drinking at. So we're like, yeah, not in the dorms. And it was like, you're on top of each other. So I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I need a drink here. Um, but yeah, I knew plenty of people like, uh, that did. And I remember people getting yeah. busted. Yeah. Like yeah. they can't, they were all shit faced. And I remember one of my buddies like down in the hallway is like his whole fridge was like beer. I've only, uh, I, a friend of mine, he was on the one earlier podcast. Uh, his dorm room was like directly across from mine, but not direct. Like it was another hallway and 90210 was huge at the time. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so everybody's watching it. He would open his door and he had like, like big ass speakers and would just crank it. And I was like, man, at first I'm like, God, who's cranking? Oh, wait. And I'd hear the music. Then, so I was like, oh, open my door. And turn off my oh, sound yeah. and watch 90210. <laughs> and with the big, big sound. And you had to get a complaint. And nobody was complaining because we were all watching the same thing. Because so everybody was watching 90210. Like, <laughs> Sometimes you'd go over there and watch it with the big speakers. But he, and he didn't quite remember that story. He was like, yeah. I believe I did that. And I was like, yeah, I, was, I, I, go, I don't know if that's how we initially met. He ended up in the broadcasting program, but um, later on, and I was like the TA for him, but I was like, I remember when 90210 and he told me this story. He goes, he knew I was a fan. I'm a big fan of Tiffany Amber Thiessen, still am. And uh, he's like, he was from LA and he's like, I was at dinner and it wasn't uncommon for him to be around like celebrities and stuff because uh, his some of his best friends are uh, the Zappa kids, like uh, oh, Zappa the Moon Unit and uh, Ahmed. Yeah, and uh, so he was like, "Oh, we're sitting at dinner I'm with my dad," and I look over and Tiffany Amber Thiessen's eating dinner, like the next table, and I was like, "Wow, right on, dude!" And he's like, "And she's there with she was dating Brian Austin Green at the time, so she was with him," and then he's like. You know, I look up again and, and I look over and she looks over and smiles. And I was like, you had me at, she's at dinner. Like, you didn't have to add that. She smiled at me. I don't believe you now. Like, he's like, no, it's true, man. And he verified the story on the podcast, but was like, uh, but it wasn't uncommon. And like, um, when Ahmet and Dweezil had a, like a TV show, it was like a, it was like a quiz show. And he is in the audience on like six or seven different episodes, but it's like, find Tory because at one time he's behind the contestants one time he's like high up in the crowd and it's funny and i think ahmet came to graduation and met him at his graduation and everything and cool guy wow. cool guys but like i was like how would you go to university of wyoming and i think he may have threw a dart oh uh, 
I was like, where does nobody go from LA? University of Wyoming. And so that's how you end up there. And uh, you end up getting a broadcast degree and everything. And so uh, the interesting stories like that, the people you meet along the way at the University of Wyoming were sure. more diverse than, than most people think. Did you know what you wanted to major in when you got to UW? No. I no. kind of had, I had like some kind of thoughts about what I maybe wanted to do. Yeah. I was truly undeclared until the end of my freshman year. Like actually probably even after that, like I took, I took a course in political theory from Dr. Fred Homer. Okay. Sounds he great. was absolutely incredible. He's former mayor of Laramie. That's right. Great basketball player. Like, uh, but like really heavy in like political theory. But I took I took a course with him that was kind of like the in one of the major intro courses for political science. And the guy was like he was just such a phenomenal professor. Like I, I immediately was like, all right, I should get a degree in political science. And I took him like in like was almost immediately like, hey, could I could, would you would you mentor me? And he's like, absolutely, because he had me in this class. And he's like, you, you're a very thoughtful student and I like your writing. So you bet. So I basically got to have this excellent professor be my you know advisor and like within less than a year he died of a heart attack it was devastating uh, yeah but yeah he's just an incredible human i remember like yeah they had his they had his funeral and there were like like so many people like u.s senators representatives governors like the guy you know didn't necessarily draw a lot of water but it was crazy like how far his friendship extended like he you know at that, I believe at the time, like the Secretary of State, uh, you know, the United States, like they, oh. they had like they had a great story. Like he told me it, he was just like, or it was Pete Simpson who told me this story actually. So he was like, yeah, like they were talking because he had come to visit, and he was just like, wait a minute, you're Fred Homer, and he's just like, yeah, that's me. He's just like, I played basketball against you back in the day. You guys kicked our ass, like. <laughs> And it was funny, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like the Secretary of State. Yeah, you schooled the Secretary of State. Oops, that's hilarious, you know. <laughs> that's um, awesome. But, yeah, so, like, that was that was really hard. But, I mean, it was, you know, like, it, it, it still is something that I find a formative experience because it drew me towards not just politics. I ended up getting a major in political science, but um, but philosophy as well, and very specifically, like, the roots of political authority. Um, uh -huh. you know, kind of that situation. So I basically ended up going on to like pursue three things, political science, philosophy, and statistics, interestingly. So I figured that was a pretty, Whoa. that made me pretty well-rounded between the yeah. three. Uh, and philosophy, specifically ethics. Like I've, uh. I had enough to like, it was like one of those things where I was like, I, I remember when I was getting close to graduating, like, if I decided that I wanted to take like a whole nother year of philosophy courses, I could probably just get my major in wow. that too. Um, because I had taken almost every like ethics course, at the university at that time, because I was fascinated by them, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. So I, I took no, I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. I, I'll get in there and I'll figure something out. But like, so very typical college, like I'm undecided. Huh. Ditto. Um, I thought going in college, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go into marketing because I did DECA, but I wasn't good at it. And then <laughs> I didn't do well in the competition. So I was like, that's maybe not the best idea. 
and then Dude, Jack, Jekyll was like freaking religion at our high school, man. Wow. Like they had so many chances, and they would go and they would be like, "We want to whip ass at nationals and all that stuff." I remember Jack probably was good. Um, I then I was like, "Oh, I'll be a teacher." I like coaching. My dad's teacher, stepmom, like blah blah. A lot of educators around me, but my dad talked me out of it. <laughs> oh, he did. I, okay. Yeah, he's a teacher. He was like, "No." He's like, it's all changing and you won't be able to do a lot of the stuff that we as teachers did. And they, he actually, ended up re- they got to retire early um, because I mean, they got a good deal in Oregon to retire early, but they were like, we're tired of like, just all we do is teach how to take a test, not the oh, round, yeah. rounding education. So um, he's like, by the time you get to teach, it'll all change and you'll waste the time. And I was like, okay. But and and uh, but yet my stepdad was um, the manager of UWTV at the university, and he taught broadcasting classes, and he had me working for him my senior year of high school. I would carry around a a camera deck for K two as they shot football games, and yeah, it was interesting because I would go play football Friday night. And then Saturday I would go to the UW game and I'd have like mini press conferences because my team, like Laramie, we were good. Right. And I was like, they never talked to linemen. So this is my chance to speak my two cents. <laughs> and uh, cool. it was nice to get, you know, do you recognize as you walk in the door and, and do that. And then on Sundays I would uh, roll tape for the coaches show. So I'd roll in heights. Sure. Never thinking this is what I'm going to be doing. This is right. not at all job a stepdad hired me because i didn't work during high school or anything like that i was yeah. too busy with academics and athletics and uh he's like my my freshman year he's like hey intern for me like take it one intern credit you'll just carry a bunch of equipment you might learn something you'll be an easy a right and the more we did it i was like this is what i gotta do and cool. and then enroll yeah by the end of the semester i was like broadcasting major next semester enrolled in all the good classes you need for it and everything. Um, but took stuff like philosophy, took stuff like acting and all that, you know, got the rounded uh, education philosophy. I think dro- I dropped cause my mind was not ready for it was like, why that's uh, every, you'd like, you'd say a statement. Why? Why? All right, dude. All and- right. We started off with defining love. And that was the very question. Yeah. And uh, by the end of cl- class, I was like, my brain was about to split. I was way more open-minded and, and open to stuff like that nowadays than I was by when I was like 20. I think, I think that like the first course I took philosophy and like had one of the best introductory textbooks I've ever seen yeah. for philosophy. It's called 20 Questions. And it's just literally like a bunch of like hard philosophical questions yeah. with different expert ex, excerpts of like different authors and scholars throughout history. You know, like there is, there's even stuff from like, um, there's like something, Oh yeah. It was from Newspeak. It's like, you know, like Orwell. Yeah. That little, then I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, and you know, just little pieces of information like that. But I think some people like they, get thrown into a class and like all right the first thing you're going to learn is like plato or 
Socrates or something that can be like, oh my God, there's some really esoteric Plato out there, bro. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh yeah, let's start with this. I'm sure that like this person who is just wanting a little intro into philosophy is going to love talking about Thrasymachus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was not into yeah, I remember taking that one. Um, <laughs> my friends had the Greek mind. That was a philosophy class too. Uh-huh. And they would always joke about it. They go, it sounds like a talk show. Like the Greek mind live. And so they, two of my friends had that class together. And I was like, I, you, I think you had to take philosophy to get there. And I was just like, I can't get through that class yet. But looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have done it. But yeah. With, pro, with Professor Kyrgy Papadopoulos. <laughs> wow. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. The Greek mind with maybe that's like, yeah papadopoulos like he's he's fantastic thank you yeah best lecturer at uw <laughs> no, uh, you're right that does seem fun it seems like one of those things where it's like it seems like an extra segment in the movie uhf it's just like we're here <laughs> yeah. with the greek mind like <laughs> yeah he's like oh, i'm yeah. thinking about olives what are you thinking about he's like <laughs> i'm thinking about llama <laughs> Uh, yeah, nice. They cracked me up. It's good. Uh, um, and so, did you you had the major in psychology and then uh, political science, political science and philosophy, then uh, uh, statistics. Statistics. Wow, my first statistics class. Two knocks. Well, one was my own damn fault. The other one. Was, <laughs> well, because I was like, I would. T- it was fine in the beginning of the week, and then I was a bouncer, like on a Wednesday night, and then had stats the next morning, and. Did not jive with my nightlife. And then no. the instructor, his first language was not English. Oh, so there yes. Was some, there was definitely some disconnect with that. Not, I mean, I tried real hard to pay attention, but when I was hungover, I was like, oh, this is not happening. And then, I, of course, I like take like summer session stats and get all the way through and was good and everything in such a different scenario. But I remember going, Oh, and now I use stats to win arguments. Like, well, yeah. And because yeah. we needed stats for our com research class, which was right, part yeah. of the major. So I mean, I was like, that's the most I ever used it. But nowadays I understand it a whole lot more and right. everything. But like with broadcasting, there was no math behind it, which it's a BS. It should be a BA because <laughs> I make an art. Like, <laughs> The stuff I was making then was was cool, but yeah, there was no science behind it. I don't think. I mean, there was definitely right. some, I like why you put um, like talk show hosts are always to the left of the the guests because people like their most important thing in like the top right third of the screen. It's a weird, uh-huh. weird thing, and and so when you don't do that, it makes people uncomfortable. It'd be like, like, uh, like me, like this, like framing wise against the camera. I mean, all the way up, yeah, right? And so, I mean, like you're creating stress, and and that's going back to like how I, you know, I critique when I watch shows and stuff. And I remember when I moved back to Laramie, like after I graduated college and I worked at a TV station, I came back, and we did this talk show, and it was called Wyoming Signatures. But our director flip flopped the guests and the host on the camera, what they'd normally be. And I went, 
I go, why is the host the most important person? And she, I was like, maybe it's, you know, well, I mean, signatures with so-and-so like we're featuring, yeah. but I, she's like, what do you mean? And I, I was like, you know, this is what we want. And, and she's like, oh my God, it is. She was like, yeah, I just thought it would look different. And I was like, it definitely is different. Right. It's not what people expect. And no, so it's if you see a talk show host where they're on the other side, they're all about them. They can give a shit about who's sitting in the, the guest seat. So right. that's well, it's that's, also it's, you know, it's like being a backup dancer, just good enough to draw a little bit of the focus. Yes. Man, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The host, eh, nobody cares about them. Yes. So yeah. Ask how many people give a shit about Bill O'Reilly. You'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there are there are hosts that'll be like I'm going to be the most important part of this thing. Oh right, yeah. And then there's really good people that interview and they're like, no, if I'm a part of it, I want to be the least important part of this thing. I don't want right. to be that. So, well, now, uh, yeah. now you got me thinking about like jarring interview shows, like something that's going to be made by like Lynch, yeah, or, like. Freaking David Byrne, he's gonna be like, Yeah, I've made my own interview show. It's does it seem disjointed to the point of making you feel weird? Well, good, that's kind of what I was going for. <laughs> like, yeah. The camera's slightly shaky. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's stuff I'm like like with documentary films, I'm always like, it's great that people make them. Yeah. I'm not cool with that. But I'm like, do you not know what a tripod is? And then I'll be like, Why did you zoom in? on this shot, what are you showing or why did you zoom out? Like you need to reveal something. It can't be just like, I'm zooming out for the sake of zooming out. And now that I'm pointing this out, you'll be like, ah, of course. And you'll start seeing a lot of stuff. But there was one documentary I was watching, content was great, but they were like, they had a steady cam, but it was not steady. And so it was kind of a lot of like a back and forth. (laughs) Oh, and I was just like, what are you doing? Put it on a tripod. Put it on that fucking table. Right, yeah. And make that thing way. steady. Like, because I'm losing focus in what the importance of this conversation is because you can't keep your steady camera and then you're just randomly zooming out. Right. Like, this makes no sense and I would just get mad at it. But yeah, it's the stuff I learned from that degree still it's, holds true. And now I work in IT, so it's a different story. But, right. Well, as you say, as you say, all of that, dude, like you're cracking me up because you're making me think of Cloverfield. Yeah. I like, I just, I like, I, I hated that movie so bad. And the entire time I was just like, I'm like, stop. Like, I hate this shaky cam crap. Yeah. Also, I'm one of those people that's like, the last thing in the world I'm doing is carrying around a fucking mini camcorder oh, yeah. in the middle of like a monster attack in New York yeah. City. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna have like a a gun or like a like a bat or like a, like a freaking fire, furnace poker yeah. or something. Like, I'm gonna use that for something useful. The first I thing that it. happens in the first scene of Reese Jennings' Cloverfield <laughs> is the guy drops the damn camera and there's just like no movie because yeah. runs away. Oh yeah. I, I I'm not the guy that's like, let's get out my camera so we can document this danger. I'm like, let's yeah. get the fuck away from the danger right now. Yeah. And, oh yeah, this and then of course the first twenty minutes is just a really shittily shot party. Oh. And I'm just like, dude, like <laughs> like movie. first first person cameras um movies 
like when the first one I remember was like Blair Witch. Blair Witch, yeah. And I thought that was unique. Yeah, how considering how much it cost to make and what yeah, they did and stuff that. like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Right? But then everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. And I'm like, you've that's you can't just steal that type of first person stuff and be like, oh, this is authentic. Or this is now um, in the eyes, yeah, it, it's now it's really, really truly personal. I'm like, yeah. no, they can still suck at acting, you know. Like. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of like I call it Tarantinoing. Like he's the best at it. He starts in the middle with one character and works his way out, and then the whole story makes sense at the end. Everybody started stealing that style. I think he stole it from somebody else, but we we're the first ones to to actually notice in America. Like, oh, this is great stuff, and I'm like. But it has to be well done for it to work. You can't just go, well, let's just start here. Because I had a screenwriting class in college, too. And it, that ruined you for everything. Oh, yeah. That'll ruin you. Like, it's all been done before. Oh, and, yeah. And so there's a certain way that people like their stories told. And when you divert from that, you really can make your audience be like no that's not the way it works they don't know they know that but that's just the way it is and so you it's it has to be a delicate process and and how you shoot with the camera and the movie yeah like like all the stuff on youtube like i don't watch it as much as probably a lot of people and i'm just like because it's amateur shit that i can't handle i know the content is what we should be focused on but i lose focus on the content because the production value is not up to my standard right me old man in it and so like, <laughs> out the way they do it old man and <laughs> but yet i'm like hey man i'm i'm generation x i'm nearly 50 uh 48 and uh i'm like yeah now you have to care what i think all right i got so yeah. funny my generation you gotta think gotta give a shit like you did about the baby boomers yeah about now i'm out these millennials i got skipped over at generation x you got to pay attention to what we think now. If you call oh, me a boomer, I get pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> no, that seems weird to me, man. Yeah, that's the worst. And so it's just like it's just yeah. like Social Security, man. I paid my fucking dues. I get to have yeah. this when I'm old and mad and cranky. You have to listen to me. Yes, yes, we earn. I earn my keep. I earn my old bitter old man badge. Like <laughs> I hope to be not that bitter. I know <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the older I've gotten, I'm like, I get it now. I get right. it when my, my dad and uncles and older people got crotchety. I was like, I get it now because I start getting there. I get a little, a little frosty. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's because age, you've seen some shit. And uh, yeah. your, your aptitude to putting up with shit is a lot lower, a lot more, a lot less, actually. So not, uh, not like these TikTokers. I, wait, I being the one that because I work in technology, I've always been kind of on the front edge of stuff, and I was just like, I, uh, TikTok is, I don't look at it. My girlfriend will watch it every once in a while. I know she watches a lot, and and I'll be like, I walk her in the room and you just barely hear the audio. I'm like, oh, TikTok, huh? She's like, yeah, it's so funny, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I get entertained by music and movies and all this other stuff, so. TikTok's not my jam. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so go through college. 
Miami, Wyoming, having some good times. What was the plan after college? Uh, like nothing really. I like I got my degree. I went and did an internship for Johns Hopkins after I graduated, and uh, like after I got my degree, I well what so. I got a job from like a, like a stats professor got me hooked up with like a summer job. So that was when I stopped going back to Gillette and working during the summer. So I stayed there and worked there and it was at a place called the Wyoming survey analysis center, which you're probably familiar with WISAC. Yeah. Anyways, I got a job there as like kind of like helping on projects and stuff. And by the time I graduated, they were like, well, you're too useful to let go. So we would like to hire you to be a research scientist here. So it basically was like, all right, cool. I've got this internship and I've got some stuff I got to do this summer. And they were like, all right, cool. You'll, you know, start when you come back, um, came back and my girlfriend broke up with me. That was kind of sucky, mm. but you know, it was like fresh new start the whole freaking way around, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't too bad, you know, just was trying to get myself back together. Cause like I, you know, basically like changed my world for a while to go do this internship and then came back and was like, Oh shit, now I got to start a job and all this other stuff. So yeah, I started working that and then I was planning on getting my master's in statistics, but that was a whole boondoggle. Like I, cause I had taken a lot of graduate level courses in statistics while I was an undergrad. Yeah. Cause it was mostly like, I mean, good example, like there weren't very many undergraduate students in these courses so it was just like hey you are effectively a grad student because i'm not changing the way i'm teaching this course or anything like that for you like <laughs> so i was like all right cool that's fine you know i i, I took uh, you know it relished in the challenge so but like when i was going to get like my master's which i don't even think is possible at uw anymore i don't think they offer a master's track for statistics it was like there was two tracks. One would take you to the PhD. The other one was what they called an applied master's. And I was going for the applied master's. I didn't care about getting my doctorate. Um, but by the time it was like right around like, hey, it's time to apply and get into this program. I went and talked to the head of the department at the time. And I said like, hey, I've got all these courses and stuff like that. I'm really excited to join. I know I'm finishing up like calculus. I was taking calculus three at the time because I knew I needed to have that in before I started the program. And I was like, so I'm ready to rock, right? And he's like, no, you need to take linear algebra, um, which I was like, cool. I don't want to take another math course, but screw it. What would that be? You know, not like too much to worry about. But it was the other thing that he said, which was just like, I was like, cool. I know it like kind of like the specific angle I'm, you know, like, I wouldn't call it, I guess, you know, specialization. I'm not sure right. exactly what you call it. Because I don't think I would really have, like, a thesis in the Applied Master's program. Um, but, like, he was like, I, he's like, oh, I'm glad to hear you taking all those courses. And I was like, cool. So, like, can I get them to, like, transfer? You know, like, will they transfer? And I was just, he was just like, they won't. And I'm like, that's not the worst thing I've heard of, you know. I was like, all right, cool, that fucking sucks. Like, I would prefer that they did transfer. But that's cool because in my head, I'm like, I'll just take them again in the program and hopefully I'll have my old professors and just be like, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just I need the course credit at this level. So, yeah, I'll totally redo all the coursework again. I won't try to like skimp around on you or anything like that. Um, 
But then he was like, no, 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 no. You have to make up the courses quantitatively. So I couldn't even take all of those courses again at the graduate level to get the credit. I would have to graduate with the same number of credits, removing like an entire battery of statistics courses ah. from the graduate level. And I was like, wow. So honestly, it was the it was the linear algebra at the end. So I kind of put the car before the horse, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Is like, oh, and linear algebra. I'm like, I'm done. Like I like it was. It was such a defeating effort that I was like, I just, I just stopped giving a shit entirely. And at at that point I was like, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go work full time and just start making some money and getting, getting that, getting my professional career going, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's like, and then I just worked, I worked uh, for the university for a while. Let's see. I worked for them till like 2013, I guess. That's when I made my way down to the great state of Colorado. What took you there? Work. Work. Same type yeah, of job. Friend, friend of mine, yeah. Still like basically statistician, you know, like okay. scientist, data analyst, statistician, you know, basically kind of circling all around the same work. But yeah, an old colleague of mine at the university had sent me like a link and they're like, this job posting seems like it's for you. And I was like, cool, I'll give it a shot. And they had me down for my first interview and they called me up like later that day and they're like, can we do a second interview with you? And I came down again the next week and like they called me up that week and they're like, we want you, you know, to take the job. So if you're ready to, to, to do it, we would love to have you. And I've come to find out that like I was the only person they interviewed. So <laughs> I just blew them, blew their socks off. Good. Good. Yeah. And I took the job and, you know, like I've gone through like all sorts of transitions with it. Like it's, it's really crazy, heady work. Like um, I should say the subject matter. Yeah. Cause like, this is like, uh, you know, juvenile justice, child welfare. So like, there's a lot of like, like crazy stuff you can like, just even thinking about like the level and type of charges that are levied, towards juveniles and towards parents you know say on the cw side yeah it's just it's you can see some crazy dysfunctional family units and stuff like that so it's it's really like there's a lot of data and it's like dense data so um you know it's 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 like a whole different ballgame and of course it's changed a lot since i first even started working with this data and it changed a lot before i even got to colorado and started working with this information so it's like really been a different thing and it's funny, you know, you said earlier, like I'm with, I'm with IT now. I'm with IT now. <laughs> After all this time, I ended up with IT. So that happened earlier this year. So I work for, I work for Boulder County IT now. Ah, yeah. Um, I ended up in IT uh, by university cuts. Um, the, yes, I was going to say university cuts. That's what I figured. Yeah. Outreach school. I was not part of the outreach school. Um, I was manager video conferencing. They got rid of the outreach school. They identified about five jobs that were IT related. I was one of them. First year I did kind of the same thing with video conferencing. The second year I became um, the supervisor of classroom technology, which when I was in IT, when I was in the outreach school, I worried about ten classrooms on campus, about fifty around the state. Now I worry about them all and right. have to fix them all and. We got a team of people, um, 
most a lot of students uh four right. three full-timers um and so my mom's always like it's a job you never applied for and i go yeah at, towards the end of my career where i'm not gonna go somewhere or try to get hired somewhere else and um i've been in a 10-year relationship <laughs> with my girlfriend and she owns a funeral <laughs> here so right we're not going anywhere and when we just bought a new house but yeah. uh um it was it, it was like crazy timing because i was went from like almost a desk job to i'm cranking out twelve thousand fourteen thousand steps a day cruising right. amps fixing stuff which is interesting to learn technology i mean learning what goes into like driving a classroom full of technology um, right i've had to learn really fast uh but also been the guy like yeah, I've always been the one that will set up somebody's home entertainment system or set up this stuff. So the plugs and the cables and stuff like that makes sense to me. Um, I can't fix someone's computer. That's a whole different department of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully that I'll have doing that. I mean, I know enough to break it more and work on my own, but I'm not putting myself on anybody else's. And um, yeah, it's been interesting in the last couple of years. I think I've been there four years, five years. And uh, I'm like, there's days where I'm like, how many days, how many times, years do I have to like retire? And I'm next year I'll be 20 years at the university. So it's been feels like it's flown by except for the last three. <laughs> and, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> um, and there, yeah, I'm like, hmm, can I collect my full retirement when? And right. <laughs> And it was a real of 25 or something. so 25 years. Like, so I've got five more years where, but then I've heard that they can, they count your true start date whenever you started the university, which I was like, well, that was 1993. So can I count that? And I had three years off. And so there might you be, can, right? Yeah, I think you can. So I probably could retire now if I wanted to um, and collect my full benefits. I'm not ready to do that. But it's nice to know I have the you know card in my back pocket in case right. I'm down to it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting working in IT, um, and I'm I'm with the instructors, which I'm always like, they're ridiculously smart in the field they're in, but sometimes they can't even turn on a computer, which is oh, just yeah. mind blowing to me. What's I like? Sometimes I just picture them at home telling their TV to turn on and. I'm like, or do you just leave it on all the time? Like, how do you, do you leave it? It's. Oh yeah, dude. It's like, it's, it sounds so ridiculous, but you know, I say it to people whenever I have to help them with like a technology need. I'm like, yeah. have you tried turning it on, turning it off and turning it back on again? And people think it's such a fuck off answer. Like, yeah. question. you're like, no, it's not like yeah. sometimes all you need to do is like reboot your system and you're back to fine. Like, just been running too long. Something's odd. Something's hogging all your RAM or your memory or something like it's. I don't know what's going on. Just yeah. restart the computer. See what happens. Then. Oh yeah. Oh, reboot has been a savior for a lot of stuff. Um, where they're like, well, "What'd you do?" And I'm like, "Restart it, reboot it." And they're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "I tried a bunch of other stuff." Yeah. Uh, it lost its mind, and now it's found it with this reboot. Yeah. I go, it's nice to know that. I mean, I've if things didn't break, I wouldn't have a job. And at least we know we can shut down the computer overlord if we have to just by 
hitting that power switch. So I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, yeah. If it didn't break, I probably wouldn't have a job. So, or if exactly. instructors didn't know how to, if they knew how to do everything, then yeah, I wouldn't have a job. So I don't knock it, but sometimes I'm just like, wow. And I hate it when like, oh, I have two doctorates, but I'm really bad at technology. And I'm like, I just have a hard time believing you. Yeah. And I just say that. Believing that. Like yeah. there's just no way. Yeah. <laughs> Did you dabble in stand up? Are you still doing stand up? Dude, it's like COVID really did it okay. for sure. Like I've been kind of meaning to get back to it, man. Like it's it's kind of like reemerged in the past, I don't know, year or so, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a minute. I think I might go open mic this Thursday. We'll see. Cool. Um, but yeah, like it's it's crazy. I've I've thought about like putting the show back together in Laramie for sure because it's just for me. It's kind of like it's like a it's almost like a John the Baptist thing. You got to deliver comedy to the people in the wilderness because like, I was like I can't, I don't I know that there's not comedy that often in Laramie. I know that every yeah. once in a while somebody puts a show together. I know that actually Carolyn Harkin runs an open mic at the Roughed Up Duck. I think okay. it's switching to the last Wednesday of the month, but it's comedy open mic. Huh. All so right. I did I did that a few times this year because I knew they were doing that. Um, but yeah, like so I think some of it's just kind of slowly getting built back up. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's and that's kind of like I was talking about earlier. Like it's a dynamic landscape. It changes a lot. Even the things that you thought would be 100% for certain 10 years ago are definitely not oh, yeah. true. Like, I mean, there's a time when Louis C.K. ran the freaking, you know, he was like the, he was like the T-Rex, like he, he ran the globe. Yeah. And that was kind of like a pariah generally amongst, you know, the community. So. Yeah, it's, uh, um, I love comedy, stand-up comedy, the process uh, the listening to comics like talk about like building sets and all that. I mean, it's amazing. Like, cause I probably truly didn't know. I thought I just went up there and told the story. Like there was yeah. a rehearsal behind it and, and, and getting the timing out and everything. I'm sure there are comedians that can just go up there and do that. But uh, people work on sets and all that. It's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, just getting people to laugh, but right. also like, in this day and age, how many people are like, I'm offended. And they're like, it was a joke. All right. It was a joke. Yeah. The joke. And good comedians know how to land those, you know, without offending. Oh yeah. Um, some don't, but some, I mean, also they're just like, it's a joke. I like, I heard a joke. Everything. I'm going to lie to you when I'm up here. I'm going to lie to you when I'm here. Cause it's funny. And yeah. I don't really, you know, say a lot of these things but i was like yeah it's good stuff and so but now everybody's oh so literal these days and then i don't want to get canceled so it gets watered down and um yeah i feel like i honestly feel like like right now if i had to take a guess i'd say the best comic on the planet is bill burr yeah he's not he, just, he is a master like you just talked about like landing stuff like i've gone and like i went and saw him at the uh He's the Allie Hawkins, like maybe four or five years ago. And he was magnificent, but he would, he like, I remember there were times where he turned that opera house into like 
a cricket's den. Like there were points at which he'd say something, uh, and you could hear you could hear a pin drop. Like, and then he would immediately turn the crowd right back into laughing their balls off. You know, like it was yeah. really impressive stuff. Talent how to roll out of that. That is that is amazing skill and and keeping people laughing is uh, yeah is great. I mean, I've every once in a while I'm like I should do this. I should really go do a stand up like go open. For it. But yeah. I've, I've, you know, like the crazy right. thing too is like some people are like, oh man, I got to fill like five whole minutes. I'm like, dude, you can do one minute. <laughs> yeah. Like if you feel like you got a quality one minute of stand up and you know it takes you a minute to do it, I'm like, dude, go for it. If, yeah. you, if the host is going to be like, why didn't you take longer or whatever, you can tell that loser to fuck off. Like <laughs> <laughs> you told him it was the first time or whatever, you know, like, or you're like, I don't I'm know giving the next person more time. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. <laughs> the only the only one is like usually like they'll honestly usually the host is pretty good about being like you're next can i smoke a cigarette or something so you'll be like yeah. oh go ahead like yeah I'll take i'll take like five minutes or whatever so you can smoke while i'm doing my set you know yeah so that's pretty oh, yeah good, but so one last question for you wow we need kind of almost two hours um, I know, right? we're doing good <laughs> yeah uh the show's called all my friends with justin flashbird so I got to ask everyone's on the show. How do we become friends? How do we meet? What's your version? Oh my gosh. You know, like, I think, I think I'm pretty sure we've met before this, but for me, the most formative experience between you and I was when we went to Ween. Oh yeah. Greenfield with, let's see, Alex and Adam. Yeah. And that was awesome because at that time I was not like a super big ween guy. I think I went cause like Adam was like, dude, they're coming back. You got to check this shit out. And it was a great concert. I, uh, I fried my fucking balls off. <laughs> uh, like I remember there was a point at which we were riding back from the first bank and I was like, I had like cotton mouth and I was like, I feel like I was ready to pass out. And I was like, I need a drink of water. And I think literally all three of you turned around at once and all had balls of water. They're like, you need this? And like, we all started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm too messed up for this right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, like that was like such a fun night. And like, I remember I had to go like chill for a minute. Like I was like, I need to go lay down. Like I think I laid down for like 30 or 40 minutes and they came back. I'm like, okay, I can hang out some more. Like, <laughs> But yeah, like I hadn't, I hadn't really been into Ween, and you know, like so that got me into them, and like now I'm like I went to the 25th anniversary show, and oh nice, cool, freaking awesome! I love, I love seeing Diener wail on a guitar. I probably wasn't, I never saw him prior to that those shows. Yeah. Um I I dabbled around in Ween, like I'd heard him along the way, being DJ, and. uh but yeah, it probably took Alex to like pump me up about him. And then I have some other good friends that are big old Ween fans. And so it's like, well, if I can I can hang out and talk Ween, then it's cool. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. my band's Widespread Panic, and it's not, I mean, I've seen them 60 sometimes. So. Yeah. But I mean, also, I think, I was going to say, well, I feel like even within that crew, you probably have a pretty good. Oh, so yeah. I, I mean, I've never seen them before, but I definitely know widespread, and I'm sure yeah. does too. Yeah. And I know Alex knows widespread. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, we, I worked with his brother um, Wade at Lovejoy's for a long time, and he was always like, "You got to meet my brother. You guys are in the same stuff, same stuff." And it literally took 
Mike Johnson, another guy, to introduce us together. And I was like, we should have been hanging out a fucking long time ago, man. Long I can't time ago, yeah. <laughs> waiting this long. And so, and so, yeah. And I know, I remember when I met you at you guys' place, Adam, like, you, we knew a lot of the same people back in Laramie. I feel uh, like there's, like, no way we couldn't have, like, run over each other in Laramie. Yeah. But it's also like one of the craziest and nicest things I think about Laramie is what you just pointed out with Alex. It's just like, wow, how do we not like end up hanging out or something like that? Like, it seems like so many potential haunts and, you know, connective tissues developed throughout that town. Well, like everyone knew me for DJ Rude for being like bar DJ. And I was like, all right, I'm a big old jam band fan, a big old concert fan. I play this hip hop, which I love, but I'm like, there's more to me than this. Yeah. And so a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to talk to you about music because all you probably care about is top 40. And I'm like, on contrary, I hate playing a hollerback girl every night, but um, it's what they want to hear. But at least a lot of your poker face. Yeah. There's people that would actually be like, I would come early because I know you'd play different stuff. And oh, you played oh, widespread panic. That's very panic. telling. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. Because they're like, by, let, that in, huh? <laughs> by the time we hit 11 o'clock, I knew it was Dance Party USA. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to be there for that. It was good. But earlier in the night, you're all over the place and you play Grateful Dead. It was funny. I'd play Grateful Dead and people didn't know who it was. And they'd be like, who is this? And I was like, it's Grateful Dead, man. You're a hippie now. Yeah. Like, what? What? And I'm like, it's okay. I like their music. All right, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Dude. yeah I mean, like that. I'm glad to hear you say that because it's one of those things that, like, at this juncture in my life, as a kid, I could tell you there were certain things I didn't like. But even at this juncture, I'm like, there's like no genre of music I know that I dislike entirely. Like, yeah. I've still managed to find bits and pieces of stuff that I loathed as a kid. But still, you know, I'm oh. like, I hated Nirvana for a long time. Fair. Oh, I imagine growing up in the area you did, I imagine it was probably some real love-hate stuff with Nirvana. It was. And well, Pearl I, Jam, for that matter. Uh, more Nirvana, because they were that Smells Like Teen Spirit video was on MTV all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. And I was a hip-hop fan. So I was look, I was getting into, like, gangstrap. So I really wasn't paying attention. But next thing I knew, I was like, man, but I like Molly Crew and all these hair metal bands. And they're all yeah. done because there's three dudes staring at their feet, actually playing really good music. But I was a little jaded about it. And then uh, I kept on. I was like, ah, just grunge. And I liked everything around Nirvana, but Nirvana. <laughs> and so I would like, uh, whatever, you know, people play Nirvana. I'd be like, fine. Uh, but then someone goes, hey, you ever heard of dubstep? And I went, no. And they played it for me. And that made me like Nirvana because that was the worst music I've heard. <laughs> and there was that Key and Peel sketch about it. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I was like, that's exactly how I feel when I hear dubstep. Like, I want to escape the room. <laughs> and they're like, wait for the drop. Or, yeah, the drop. And I was just like, oh my God. And like, and the Key and Peele sketch, like, are you sure this is music? And I was like, <laughs> and I remember the first time I heard it, and I was just like, I got to go. Like, I, I just got to leave this. 
hey, can you shut it off? Like I was just like, made me reevaluate any music in the past. It sounds like your girlfriend with like horror movies sometimes. She's like, I yeah. can't deal with this one. Like just yeah. get up and walk oh, out. Yeah. Like, I can't do I'm, this. <laughs> Dubstep to the day. I'm still like, no, there's not a song where I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, I escaped the room. I'm like, no, I don't know if it's even still a thing, but it was rough when I first started hearing it. And then the Key and Peele sketch came out and I was dying. I was like, this explains everything. This nailed it. Yeah. And I always thought somebody would figure it out the way that I'm trying to describe this music. And I always thought I was a very open guy, open-minded guy to music, being a DJ, being honest. And I was just like, this is something I can't be open-minded to. It just doesn't jive with my pulse. Right. I'm feeling it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Honestly, when you get into old, like for me, like older stuff, like I like, um, anything old, like, uh, the battle of new Orleans, like Johnny Horton, he's great. You know, stuff like that. Like people are like, what's this? Like, yeah, this is all, this is hot. Oh, this is hot soup. You guys like, you don't even know. (laughs) Like, have you ever fun fact? I don't know if you know this before God save the queen came around God save the king rather. Yeah. uh, the uh, essentially the effective national anthem of the area was uh, "Roast Beef of Old Britain." So if you ever want to listen to a fun song, listen to "Roast Beef Roast of Old Britain. Britain." Yeah, it's pretty nice. neat. It's like it's like an old sea chanty almost. Like it's like uh-huh. uh, I think it goes for for roast beef of Old Britain and all Brit old British roast beef, like something. Like that. It's like what the hell? He's like. This is our national anthem. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> we sing about roast beef here. Like <laughs> nice. Wow. That is interesting. Um, well man, I want to thank you for being on the show. We had a very long show. Yeah. Thanks, dude. That was awesome. I want to thank Reese for being on the show, and I hope he gets back to doing stand-up again so I can catch a show. He's a funny dude. On to the next episode. All my friends. All my friends. All my friends with Justin Plaskarud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.